This is the Power Aesthetic Podcast. Today I want to talk about five little words that are maybe some of the most absurd or most damaging words that you will ever hear or be recommended. All over the place, people will tell you this phrase, and it remains as untrue now as ever, but uh, folks love to hear this kind of stuff. The phrase is, do what makes you happy. You see this everywhere, uh, all over the place. Everyone's always talking about, well, life is short, you know, just do what makes you happy. Uh, you know, life's too short to be, you know, worried about this or that. Just do whatever makes you happy. The first problem with do what makes you happy is that it implies that people know what makes them happy in the first place, which I believe to largely be completely false. I think that people are predictably irrational and they don't know what they want most of the time. They know what they, or rather, they, they don't know what will actually make them happy. They know what they want. Uh, they know whatever they want in the moment. They they look at a cheesecake and they want to eat the whole fucking thing. You know, they look at a mound of Coke and they want to do it all. They look at uh, their alarm clock and they want to shut it off and stay in bed. They want to, you know, be promiscuous. They want to be lazy. They want to do all this shit. The stuff that people want is almost always driven by the the base self, you know, the passions, the immediate desires. And, you know... This idea of, of do whatever makes you happy, there's no correlation between people doing what they want and doing what makes them happy. You know, and, and that these transitory passions that control most people's lives and that everyone struggles with do not ultimately lead to happiness. And in order to even figure out what the hell is going to make us, quote, happy, we have to figure out what our relationship to that word is anyway. Happy to me is like a, a, a transitional state. Happy is like a feeling. Um, and it's not actually something that I put a great deal of stock into uh, or that I spend a lot of time chasing. What I want to chase is I, I want to do what makes me better. I want to do what's productive. I want to do what leads to a feeling of satisfaction, even if that feeling is temporary because I want to go further. And so I think that it's very easy to just simply discard this notion of do whatever makes you happy, do what makes you happy outright and say, do what makes your life better, do what makes your life <clears throat> more productive, do what makes your life more satisfactory. And that doing what makes you better means seeking things out that appeal to you that will improve you. Um, obviously, here at, at Power Aesthetic, uh, I generally recommend the idea of breaking things down into the four pillars, physical, mental, spiritual, temporal. I want to seek out things that make me better, that make me more productive or that teach me something on those, uh, it, you know, within those four pillars on the daily. Uh, and, and so we can look at this as saying, okay, there's this Nietzschean sort of drive here to say what, what is good and what is bad. To me, I very much agree with the idea that what is bad is whatever leads to feelings of weakness. What is bad is whatever makes me feel like surrendering or, or ultimately leads to a chaotic and unproductive life that has no lasting satisfaction in it. And what is good is the idea that resistance is being overcome, that power is increasing, that you're leveling up, uh, as they say. And so 
if we look at this and we break it down, then it becomes easy to see what is going to make us more productive, what is going to make us better rather than what is going to provide us with this fleeting feeling of happiness. So on a physical level, what's going to make us better is adhering to a strict regimen. We're going to choose a a routine to follow for physical fitness and we're going to follow it. Um, It it really is as simple as that. Like I've said before in in the physical uh, basics podcast, because we know there is no perfect way to train, we know there's no perfect program, you just go, it's go time. What time can you make it? What time can you train? What time are you going to be able to set into your routine? Uh, I like to do this in the morning and in the evening. I like to cap out my day by doing you know, physical training. So I train with the weights or cardio or whatever in the morning and I train jiu-jitsu in the evening. That's just the way that it's working out right now. Um, I'd love to switch that. I'd love to train jiu-jitsu in the morning um, and, and do weights in the evening or whatever, but that's not the way that my schedule currently works. So I do what makes sense. Um, I do what I'm going to be able to adhere to for the long term, to be consistent for the long term. I don't care about short term. Uh, short term doesn't mean shit. Short term is is fleeting. Short term is nothing. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to you know choose a diet. I'm going to pick something that I can stick with, something that makes sense, uh, that's in line with my goals. If I'm fat, I want to change my body composition to have more lean muscle. If I'm scrawny, I want to pack on more mass in general, um, leaning on the side of of the lean mass. You know, these things are not rocket science. And we know if we just follow them, if I look back after a year of adhering to uh, an intelligent diet, if I look back after a year of training jujitsu or kickboxing or boxing or wrestling or whatever, if I look back after a year on the weights, I am going to have a feeling of satisfaction that is going to trump anything that I could have done in the interim that would have given me a feeling of, oh, fuck it, just do what makes you happy right now in the moment. Because that's not satisfaction. Satisfaction is progress. Um, and, and there's almost nothing that I've done in my life to dissuade me from this. There, there's been stuff that I've, you know, that resounding holy yes, where I've said yes to things in the moment that I knew were an experience that I wanted to have, <clears throat> something that I wanted to do that might not have been perfectly in line with my long-term goals. But as long as you don't make those decisions all the time, as long as your lifestyle is not rooted in the chaos... As long as your lifestyle is not rooted in the Dionysian, but is balanced by the Apollonian. That is, if we follow a rigorous regimen 90% of the time, that 10% we can allow ourselves to, to say yes to things that we normally might not. Or to you know, deviate momentarily into you know, moments of wild ecstasy or whatever, but that's not the lifestyle. Um, or it's built into the lifestyle, rather. It's the same thing with cheat meals. Cheat meals can't become cheat days. They can't become cheat weeks. Otherwise, our life is a cheat life. You know, and that's not the way that we want to live. Um, you know, for, for your mental aspect, you know, but physicality and, and the physical t- uh, pillar is not just about training. It's also about cultivating an aesthetic. It's about saying, you know, what do I want to present to the world? You know, and, and I mean, I know that it sounds uh, less than important, but it's, it's about what you 
what you wear, uh, what you want to look like, you know, all these things are very important because as my, um, my newest article on, on the paulwagner.com website talks about, uh, books are judged by their cover. That's the fact. And I want the cover that I present to the world to be tactically chosen. I want it to be effective. I want it to to affect people the way that I've chosen. It's kind of like in, in the business world, they say, if you don't brand yourself, if you don't make these decisions at the beginning, uh, other people will make those decisions for you. And that's not something you want to leave up to the masses. You want to brand yourself. You want to choose your aesthetic. You want to make these decisions so that when people perceive you, they are judging the book by the cover that you have carefully chosen. Um, these things are all tactical. Uh, on a mental level, you know, it, it, again, it's easy. Do things that you know are good for the mind. Uh, avoid things that you know are bad for the mind unless you're using them like a cheat meal. Um, I, I got a bunch of emails, you know, people talking about what do you do for entertainment? Because they say, you know, obviously not everybody is always on go time. There's downtime. You know, those are tactical pauses, you know, not to sound like Jocko or whatever. You got to wake up at 4.30 in the morning, go time, 5,000 burpees, soldier. But you can't be on go time all the time, no matter how popular it is on on Instagram or whatever for this hustle and grind bullshit. You you don't want to waste effort and wasted effort is a real thing. Recovery is important. You you have to know when to to tactically pause, to take a rest, to take a breather. Um, but you your life can't be a breather. You know, lots of people live with their setting on breather. They've never gone past a jog when it comes to, you know, going hard in any aspect of their life. And that's not how we have a champion mindset. It's not how we have a, a heroic mindset is not to be set to jog. It's to be set to motherfucker, you know, as I've said before, is to crank that dial up to motherfucker and live there. But knowing that we've got to take these tactical pauses. Also, these pauses of physical recovery can be our mental training. You know, if I'm reading, if I'm drawing, if I'm studying language, if I'm practicing calligraphy or painting or meditating or, you know, exploring new things or, or whatever it whatever it is, that's a physical rest period for me, but reading is still something that's positive for, for me uh, on a mental level. Um, I'm able to explore with the mind when the body needs to be at rest. So we can look at these pause periods as, as dual purpose. I'm resting my body, I'm training my mind. I'm training my body, I'm resting my mind. Uh, all these things feed each other, it's a whole system. Just like the, mus uh, the musculature uh, of the body, Nothing exists in a vacuum. So when I'm training one thing or resting one thing, I'm, I'm training or resting another thing, you know, that, that benefits that. It's a, it's a symbiotic relationship between these things. And that's how we should look to assemble our daily routines is, is in this total symbiosis. You know, each thing should benefit every other thing. Uh, on, a, on a spiritual level, like I said, I can, I can meditate I can contemplate the great truths of the universe, you know, in, in whatever way I want to. Uh, I, I had a, a, a great experience the other day just sitting there talking about jujitsu on the mats, you know, just a normal conversation, but talking about just the patterns of movement and, and you know, comparing one style of movement to another style of movement, um, you know, looking at the correlation between 
different kinds of martial arts, but also, you know, tactics business-wise. And, and of course, this is something that's been talked about ad nauseum in a lot of books, but this idea of, of circular movement or of creating space, of, of changing your position in increments, in these tiny increments, and how that opens up, you know, these massive vistas of opportunity, you know, when we, if we can just shrimp to our side in jujitsu, our, our options become so much less limited than when we're flat on our back. So, you know, these, these understanding of connections can come through the most simplest thing and, and lead you to these really big thoughts that open up your understanding of the world around you. Um, you know, we can exercise gratefulness and compassion. We can read mythology and, and create a narrative and anchor ourselves in that narrative with, with ritual. Uh, you know, what I mean by that, I guess, is that mythology exists for a reason. And I talk about this a bit on my latest interview with Greg Johnson over at Countercurrents, which is that the mythology of a people or of, of, of any people is about, it's about the ordering of the cosmos. It's about the structure of a story. It's about telling things that are true with the capital T. And if we stop looking at our lives as supremely disconnected from any kind of narrative and we start looking at them as a continuation or a retelling, you know, then we can look at these big grooves, these big channels that have been cut into the, the cosmic consciousness, you know, with, with thousands of years of the tellings of these stories. And we can look at our lives as an opportunity to retell something that is that is true with a capital T that is that is about right action we we can decide what we want our place to be in the mythology and when we wake up you know your practice will be different from my practice but you know when I when I go into the gym where I train you know we have a, a small altar there and I, I say some small prayers at that altar that are very very simple they're not directed to to God or or anything like this they're prayers to myself from myself to align myself. They are about understanding that I am in the process of reordering my world at all times, that I am in control, that I shape my life, and that I have the power to change not only the way that I perceive the world around me, but what my impact is on the world around me through the smallest and the greatest of actions. That my training is not simply going in and moving some weights around or rolling around on the mats with some people for fun. It is also that. But it is also reordering my mind. It is creating these new neurological pathways. It is, it is opening up vistas of meaning for me and it is allowing me to write a story that I want to write. It's allowing me to be who I want to be within my chosen peer group, within the world, you know, between heaven and earth. Uh, you know, connecting together in me. Um, and, and it lends a mindset and a mentality to my training that is massively beneficial to me, for me. So, you know, with the, with the temporal aspect of things, you can go into business for yourself. You can rebudget your shit. And when I say rebudget your shit, I mean budget your shit, all of it. Budget your money, budget your time, budget your calories. You know, data doesn't lie. Um, there is a million ways to gain control over the temporal world. And by temporal world, I just mean the world of, of, of the sense, you know, sense perception uh, of, of money, of, of leverage, of control, but also of 
you know, security? What are your assets? What is your network? Uh, you know, there's, there's a million different things that you can do to increase your leverage in this world. And not all of them have to do with money. Uh, money is the easiest way to understand temporal power the same way that say a max deadlift is maybe the easiest way to understand raw physical power, but it's not the only way, right? With physicality, there's a million different things. There's your endurance, there's, you know, how, how tough you are, there's heart, there's will, there's lungs, there's all these other things that go into physicality, but maybe physicality is best represented when we see someone pull off a monster deadlift or run a crazy sprint or whatever, but that leverage and, and temporal success is largely about understanding how things connect and understanding that you know, the old cliche that network is net worth oftentimes. So it's it's not just about what you have. It's about who you have, who you have access to and all the rest of this kind of stuff. And that increasing one's personal network is oftentimes the best way to increase one's position in life and one's leverage, specifically because the kind of people you network with and, and that you have in your life will directly affect your mindset, your mentality, your knowledge, and your understanding of things. So we don't want to do what makes us happy. We want to do what makes us better. Uh, you know, I, I was hanging out with uh, uh, an acquaintance uh, in our favorite hotel in Baltimore. Uh, this was at least a year, maybe more ago. And he, he said in a, in a sort of excellent knuckle-dragger philosophy kind of way, he said, I only fuck with people who make me money or who make me better or who make me happy. Now, he said that happy and, and obviously he was referring to you know his family, his friends, people who provide him with that sense of well-being, of, of satisfaction, of love. Um, but I like that. You know, it, it was really simple. It's like, you know, if, if someone is, if you, if someone's giving you an edge, maybe you wouldn't hang out with them uh, uh, for sheer for sheer love and loyalty, but you are associated with them because of their ability to bring your leverage higher. You know, their, their integrity is important in this life for sure, but there is an intelligence in the idea of understanding the difference between associations and friendships. Uh, those two things are massively different and it doesn't make you a fraud or a phony to maintain intelligent associations. These are alliances with people that are not necessarily like us and not necessarily that that like us, <laughs> you know, but it's people who are intelligent and tactical for us to associate with. Um, the same way as we may, we may not like to wear a suit, we may not enjoy to wear a suit, but it's important, depending on who we are and in what circles we move, that we become comfortable and confident in that trapping because it has value. It's always important to look at life strategically, tactically. What is tactically sound here? What's the best way to go about this? What is the correct amount of leverage to apply to this situation to get the desired outcome? You know, and, and finally, we will always in this life get what we deserve. And what I mean by that is not karma doesn't come down like an angel and reward us for being good people. That's not the reality. We reward ourselves through the work that we put in and, and not just the quantity of work, but the quality of work, how much we strive for excellence in all areas, we will get what we deserve and we will get what we tolerate. 
We'll get what we put up with. And I mean that on a success level. I mean that on a physical level. Uh, I mean that on, on our friends, our lovers, and so on and so forth. We will get what we tolerate and we will get what we deserve. If we put in work constantly, day after day, we will see ourselves begin to ascend these these different ladders. I, I, I tend to look at this analogy as I, I look at things as like, there is an ascending system of webs. If you can imagine like one huge spider web and then, and it's horizontal. There's all these things traversing this horizontal spider web and they're kind of on this one level. And then there's like one strand and it goes up, you know, five inches above that spider web to another horizontal spider web. When we, when we put in consistent work, there will, things will happen. And, and this is in all four pillars. Things will happen where we will find ourselves going from one web to another. We will find the strands that move us upward. This happens with networking, the people that surround us. It happens on a, on a financial level when we basically set these new rest points for ourselves where at the beginning of our careers, $500 may have been a big deal, but now we're thinking in terms of 5,000 or 50,000 or 500,000. These level ups happen and once we wind up on the next web, the actions that we take pluck that web and they send these ripples through the web that other individuals and entities and so on that are at that level will feel and take notice of. Uh, this is a very, very real thing and when you put in the work and you go from from level to level, you will find yourself having experiences that are higher level. You'll find yourself associated with people who are higher level. You will find yourself having realizations and coming to things almost out of nowhere, but they aren't out of nowhere. They are the result of the work that you put in and the attention that you have applied to these things. If you're not dreaming about something, you're not working hard enough at it. <laughs> so don't do what makes you happy. Do what makes you better and then rinse and repeat.